This episode of Ticket Volume is brought to you by us, Invigate. Get service operations under control in no time. Get one free month of our software solution by going to try.invigate.com. Ticket Volume brings you a lifelong learner, a passionate trainer with a history going all the way back to CompUSA and experience at organizations like Peregrine Systems, HP, as well as over 12 years at ServiceNow. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences. I'm your host, Matt Barron. Each week, I chat with different leaders to share insights on service management, technology, business, and this is no exception. By the way, while you're here, let us know what you want to learn about, see, and explore. Maybe there's an expert you want us to grill on the podcast. Connect with us, leave comments, DM us. Find us on your favorite platform. Leave a review. We're here to serve. For now, though, let's begin. Welcome to Ticket Volume, Sean McLean. Hey, sir. So happy to be here. It's great to get to talk to you again and chat with you. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, you and I actually connected, gosh, I think it was Knowledge 10 or Knowledge 11, like 12, <laughs> 13 years ago. And you've always been such a great energy you always bring this positivity. Um, so let's talk about where you came from. H how did you get into training? What what, what was CompUSA like? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love, it's really funny. I got sucked into teaching in uh, at University of Georgia. My professor got sick and he was like, somebody needs to get in the class here and gave me some notes and I jumped in the classroom full of freshmen and went, wait, what? And then I found I loved it, but I wasn't a professor. <laughs> Yeah. So then it, then it came to looking at technical and I, I taught for, I taught there for, for a, quite a while. Um, but as an adjunct, there's only so far you can go. And then I got uh -huh. to technical training at CompUSA and, uh, we were working on a project traveling throughout the country and it was, it was fantastic because we were going, th this will be great for people who kind of go back a little bit in it. Uh, there was a certain federal organization that was moving to a token ring network from all paper records. And they had offices all throughout the country, uh, ranging from like Cordial, Georgia to, you know, Chicago to, they were just all over. Uh, and so we started going around and training, uh, different, uh, different teams of people to manage a, a, a local area network and, and also from the very technical to the, here's how to use word. And I loved it. I loved everything about the teaching aspect. It's actually, and I think you and I have talked about this. It's how I met my wife. We were traveling and training and we would each get, we were training leads. We get different, uh, different teams of trainers coming in and they were, they were, they, we would, I would get a team and they'd be like, you should, there's this woman, sh you should talk to her. And, uh, meanwhile, she was getting the same thing. And at some point I was in my office and, uh, we got on the phone and we started talking about teaching and how much we loved teaching or where teaching should go. And the next thing I know, my manager popped in the door and kind of smiled at me and was like, shut up. I was like, oh my God, I've been on the phone with her for six hours. And she was like, it's okay, here's the keys, you guys can, we're good. So teaching's kind of always been the thing. And uh, CompUSA was, it was a, a fun a fun start. And that idea of like just going to different groups of people was fantastic and fun for me. So, yeah. I love it. It's such a good story because you are doing what you love, right? And you've been doing this for, for decades now. And it's clear that you like it because you've stayed in it. And I think that people need to hear that every once in a while, that, that there is something you can be doing your work and suddenly it comes along and suddenly you're like, whoa, this is what, this is what triggers something for me. This is how I feel rewarded or, or satisfied in some way. So 
What is it about teaching and learning that keeps you coming back, showing up in the classroom? Well, this is a funny thing to me that I, I think with teaching that really hits. Teaching is kind of, it, it's kind of science, but there's some art in it. So much of it is about getting to know the people that are in the class and understanding. It's kind of like, it's, it's translation, but for knowledge. Like yeah. so many people think that teaching is, I will talk down about this sitting at my, you know, podium. And I, I wrote an article about this a while back, um, saying that, you know, I'm your pizza boy because I had a con one of my first, uh, it was like a postgraduate work and it was online. And I was listening to this, um, professor, this very esteemed person tell us how privileged we should be. And at the time I'd been working with a company doing fairly well for myself. And I was taking the class out of curiosity and because I had some time. So I'm listening and kind of berate what he envisioned was a room full of freshmen. And it flipped my perspective because as I was sitting there, I was going, no, I'm not privileged to hear you. I'm actually paying you to deliver a service to me. And when that happened, I was like, my head just went, oh, well, if that's the deal, it's kind of like you're delivering, you're delivering pizza. I'd better figure out what it is you want. And then when I started realizing that, it changed the way I thought about delivery for classes. So much of it is about getting to know their context. Okay. And that made it interesting to me, especially, and, and, you know, we teach technology. So in a lot of places, it's like the same stuff, the same time. And we see that we kind of get the same stories and but then when you start realizing that a lot of it's about getting to know them before you start making those connections and doing those fun stories, then it's kind of art because then you're pulling them in, but then you're trying to make connections to their context. And that's a lot of what's going on today that makes it so much fun. So, yes, yes. Training is a service and you do, you get this huge opportunity to meet a bunch of people. It's certainly a way to grow your network um, and, and a great way to meet newcomers to our growing industry. Um, but I really like that you point out that you are there to serve my wife. Always, my wife is an educator as well. And she, she always says this thing that the person speaking is the person who's doing the most learning. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That. Yeah. Awesome. And it's the same with your professor. Like, yeah, you should feel totally, uh, entitled because you, you get this amazing person to, to listen to you have access to this amazing person. Yes. That's great. And. <laughs> I've got value as well, right? Right. And and being participative in a in a class, of course, is you're going to learn more. You're going to get more what what you expect out of it. Answers questions. You you probably see that all the time. The active listeners, the active participants, yeah. they get more out of it, right? Oh yeah. And it's it's one of the things that I'm always trying to reach for is is to tell when I when, whether I'm delivering virtual or delivering workshops or delivering uh, you know physical classes. And it doesn't matter how big or what the audience is. If I can get them to understand that their engagement helps lock that learning in for them, then they're going to go farther with it and they're going to do more with it. And I'm going to hear from them in six months or two years or 10 years or farther out with the things that they've done with it. So it, it's an opportunity. And I, I love what you said that your wife brought that up because I've pulled so many cool stories from so many experiences, all that have come from delivering teaching, but mostly because I was trying to learn about who they were or where they came from. And that's a huge thing, especially now when we have the, you know, we're starting to get to this area where everybody's identifying uh, reskilling and the need for skill in tech and, and all of those pieces. We need to look to broader audiences and we need to look to teach not the same class we've taught, but get to know 
people in the audience, you know, we're so used to doing everything in a very, here's the deal. I go this way. And yeah. now when, when we start going, we've got, uh, broader audiences to reach to different people to kind of get to know that changes both the class, the examples, the stories, the everything. Uh, and so it's a huge opportunity to kind of broaden my experience. So I love that part about it. Yes. So much has diversified because of the influx of remote work and our, our remote collaboration, uh, tool sets have of course expanded. And so we see different people from different t uh, walks of life and it's great because it breaks down some of the the long-standing um, biases in our industry, some of the long-standing perceptions in our industry about who an IT professional is, who a technical professional is. And I saw today, it was actually a really good LinkedIn post. Someone posted, uh, you shouldn't be chasing titles, you should be chasing skills. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's That's a good one, really, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny too, because that process is not, we, you know, we are used to an IT, like a classic progression and it doesn't mm -hmm. work that way anymore. Not to mention, I mean, everyone is recognizing we need to, um, grow that skills area, right? There's, there's a huge need and a growing need for increased, uh, skilled work and increased learning around that. But we can't get there just by teaching the same people who have followed the same path going, went here, went to college, took this class, became an IT. You know, and we have so many more people opening doors to get into IT from different places, whether it's military transition, whether it's pre-college or outside college or all these areas. We talked before, and one of the cool things we're, we're doing right now is um, we're kind of moving towards recognizing, and I love this part, where I'm involved in a program called Rise Up, which is a kind of about looking at what they identify as an opportunity gap. And the coolest thing about the opportunity gap is just recognizing it's not just the here to here to here. There's all of these other people and the opportunity to help bring them to training by delivering maybe not the training that everybody's used to, to always the same audience in always the same way is huge. So, yeah. Yes. I think that's a all. career path. A career path isn't linear. Right. Learning. No one learns the same way, right? Right. Right. And we, there's and that angle is just so, it's, it's like a whole new landscape of, um, training and delivering, right? Because we're so used to step to step to step to step, but it doesn't work that way. Uh, I don't know. At least not yeah. now. Yeah, and we, we saw this in the, the episode of Ticket Volume where we had Kev Tech on, and he, you know, it, I think he he embodies that that really, that, you know, your path is your journey. You're going to find something that, that strikes a chord in your brain or in your heart. And you're going to follow that, whether it be technical, whether it be, you know, people and you know, managing people. And I think that's, it's key to keep that clear. And you see it on, I see it on Reddit all the time that people are trying to figure out their careers. And so often IT people are pushed into management jobs because it's like, that's the only place the career path goes. Right. Um, and then they find themselves managing people and they're like, this doesn't work. Something's not right here. And they are forced basically to look outside their organization. Like, where can I grow beyond this? Because I've hit the, the, the technical ceiling of right. this organization. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's, it's so funny that you say that. Cause I feel like I, I dodged a bullet there. I'm lucky enough to work with a company that grew me and went, cause we, we, I went through that line. They're like, do you want to manage? And I'm like, ah, do you want to, and 
even even way back um, when my wife and I we went she did training and stuff as well. She loves management and grows well in that area. I looked and was like, ah, and like you were exactly like you were saying. I assumed that was the only direction I could go. Uh-huh. We've done a lot to build individual contributors in roles and areas in there, and I thought, well, maybe I don't have to go there. But it like it works on all levels of the scale, right? You can become expert in in one set of skills and not climb necessarily a vertical ladder, but there's a dozen horizontal ones. I love, it's funny, I just started looking at the KevTech presentation stuff that you did today. I was like, this is perfect. And it's so, the timing is just right. Right when we have people that, not, uh, you know, are, are at this level and not necessarily wanting to go to management, but so many people that maybe not technical or not see themselves as wanting to be a coder. That drives me nuts because when we teach classes, it's not everybody that takes the class is going to have like the reflection of the code running off their glasses as they're typing in the background and doing, you know, if you know technical stuff, that doesn't mean that you have to be a coder. I mean, everything from what I do, I mean, I, I teach like that is not necessarily our writing lines of code all the time, but you know, from that to marketing to, you know, and, and in today's world, almost anything you do, having a technical skill set can benefit whichever direction you're going. Like exactly. So I think it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And IT is a great place to start because so many uh, organizations and so many teams uh, within your organization rely on us. Like you could go into project management. I mean, if you want a really generalist IT job, you don't want to be on the phone and you don't want to do tech, go be a BA. I mean, you're going to love your Excel spreadsheets for a little bit and you're going to be digging through the organization trying to find the buried bodies and the potholes. There's there's a lot of opportunity and tons of work. Right. So, Sean, how how has training been evolving? How has it changed over the last 20 years or so? Where do you see it going in the future? Wow. Um, I it, it's it's interesting because I love it's an answer that I go. I don't know. I know yeah. where it's gone. I've watched and I've watched so many of the things that have been transitioned be the kinds of transitions that everybody's like, yeah, this will never happen. <laughs> my again, again with my wife and training and stuff, we actually one of the things that kind of got us talking forever and a day was about this. Little, I don't know if you've heard CBT, computer based training. Oh, oh my God, it's computer based training. It'll end all instruction ever. And then, you know, and then it became virtual. And so, oh my gosh, virtual training will never happen. And now it's, it's now it's TikTok, you know, and people are, well, we'll never learn in 30 seconds or Vine or I think all of those things, it, we're learning bits and pieces from learning each of those pieces of delivery, right? And uh-huh. I think us evolving in what we deliver and where we deliver is part of it. Um, in addition to maybe not teaching the formal classrooms, there are all these connections between the, okay, I'm learning in what we think of as the traditional formal manner and I'm working. You know, KevTech uh-huh. and you and have talked about some of those pieces where it's not just I know IT skills, I have to know interview skills, I have to know resume skills. And those things are bridges and will be probably trainers, I think, and training classically will be doing more between the classes. Sure, I can watch these classes, but I need someone to guide me. I need someone to mentor me. I need workshops to work through that. And I see that as something we'll get more involved in. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, talked uh, at Mid Ohio HDI recently. I spoke in front of them about personal branding and uh, IT careers. And I basically, you know, Chat GPT is super popular. Like uh, most of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, you could probably Google. So I actually put in that presentation the first half is basically everything that you need to like Google and ask ChatGBT about. And then the rest of it is like the human element. How do we, how do we as humans now adapt to what those things are giving us and telling us? How do we fit into that world? That's it's, awesome. It's yeah, kind of crazy. And well, no, you're right. Cause it's like the virtual environment or doing Zoom like we're doing now. That's just a, that's a tool. It facilitates the same goal we were trying to accomplish, you know, 15 years ago when we would sit in the classroom behind a podium, which is the same thing they were trying to accomplish when, you know, fuzzy guys would stand in robes behind a rock and say the same thing to a bunch of people sitting around. I mean, it's just different tool sets to accomplish the unskill reskill because that's another piece to it, right? You have to unlearn components and then relearn um, those pieces. And so if we're, I'm always kind of noodling with asking about and trying to find out about, um, what are those new ways or different ways? And if I can find different people in different contexts from other audiences, they give me tips and insights. My daughters know more about TikTok than I do, of course, but learning and asking and talking to them tells me, oh, this is another way to learn and I'd better figure that out. It, it's funny, we're doing a session, I do this thing monthly called the KCSE. It's, a, it's an informal meeting of people who teach. And it's not just technical trainers. We've got, we've got yoga instructors, flight instructors, college professors. And, and it's just a, it's a, it's a community of practice, people that enjoy talk, teaching and doing these. And we're, we're getting together to do a, a miniature think tank on that topic and go, what do you think it's going to be? Because I think it's, it's always evolving. It depends on the audience. As we broaden the audience, that changes. And we just need to stay on top of that always. But that's what makes it fun. So Yeah, exactly. That, and that that change that's always happening, being able to adapt to it. I mean, that is what makes those communities of practice so valuable, staying connected with them. Yeah. Um, so um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about real quickly with you, because there's always an end goal in mind when it comes to, to teaching and training, whether it be a specific skill you're trying to to skill up on or you just need new perspective on that skill or like a refresher what is your take on certifications what do you think about those those little badges that we collect and get i i saw recently someone's office picture you know they've got their nice desk and then over on the wall they had all their itil certs printed off i was just shocked number one at the number of itil certs they had and number two that it was so, it seemed really, really important to them. Right. And I'm sort of the opposite end of that spectrum where I don't, I don't actually find them as important. Like I did PMP training, but I never got the certification, but I, I leverage that training all the time. Right. What's your take on it? Oh, you hit my like, I'm like, dude, do we have two more hours? We could like talk, bring, <laughs> let's get like 19 other people in to talk about this too. Yeah. I, and it's funny because I think you and I, 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 I wish I wasn't, but if I'm honest with myself, I'm a total cert hound. I like all the letters and I don't want them here, but I still love getting them. Like it's yeah. almost like I'm, it's like a, you know, it's like a guy with a record collection. I just want all the vinyl, like everything I can get. But it, here's the thing. And I, I love talking to people who are trying to work or get work and thinking about certifications. 
getting work is a, it's, it's a three-legged stool. It's a pyramid. There's quantitative proof that you're good, and that's yeah. your certification. There's qualitative proof that you're good, and that's experience. And then there's that other component, for lack of a better term, I've always called mojo. And when we think about it, we always think about certification from the, ooh, can I pass this test? But mm-hmm. when we really think about it, what we should be thinking about it is from the hirer's perspective. The hirer's perspective, they're trying to get good people. And they're yeah. like, if I can get, I have these three things. I want to know if you're a good fit with my org. I want to know if you're going to bring good experience. And I don't want to have to interview 25,000 people because I'm busy. So mm-hmm. if I can use a certification as a filter for that, now I have the quantitative proof. And when you, when you look at that three-legged stool, then instead of just certification, you can start thinking about, if I have a million certs, and I know you know that person, right? We all know that person. I have a million certs, and I'm, it was bad if I say that they have a million certs and no value. You know, yeah. We've all seen that. But when you realize that like, you have to have all of it, then you can build your certifications strategically. So wow. yeah, I'm going to build the quantitative leg of that stool, but if the I have experience component or the I lack the mojo component, then that's kind of a problem. And so when when I talk about certification preparedness, one of the things I try to help people with is going, don't just study the cert. Get in a community and practice the cert together because then you're killing two birds with one stone. Now you're getting the cert, but you're getting to know a network of people. And that sounds a lot like experience. And man, you get on a community and you're active in that community, and maybe you ask questions or build things or based on that cert, now when you go into that interview, you don't just go, oh, I have 18 pieces of paper. Well, well, Bob, last week when I was working with Matt and we were building this app, doesn't mean you were doing it for a job, but you have experience now. And that's, I think, like certification only stands as a support for the other two. So, yeah. That's good stuff. That's my yeah. I love that because you got to think about it. You got to think about it broadly. And, and I love actually that you pointed out specifically, you got you have to think from the hiring manager's perspective. And th- that's kind of where this question was actually coming from. It, someone uh, reached out to me recently and they said, you know, I'm hiring a service desk analyst. Um, they said that they were a level one analyst. I, they come in the first day, I've hired them full time, and they're just not meeting level one standards. They're, they're maybe right. a level two. 0.5 or <laughs> somewhere below level one. Yeah. And, and I think you, 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 you nailed it, right? Like the cert, the certificate is going to help, um, qualify. It's a filter. Um, just like all of our tools, when we're trying to find that one ticket, it's nice to have those filters. Right. <laughs> and it's yeah. the same thing. Like, okay, these people fit into this box that kind of makes sense. And then from there, it's up to the hiring manager. Look yeah. for the experience. Let's look for the culture fit and, and see if that person's going to work. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it works both ways. You have the people who are extremely certified, and it's it's <laughs> you know the you know the the folks who lift weights and they're all about the buys, right? They just yes. and they have just massive biceps and like itty bitty legs. Um, if you build certification and that's all you have, it works. It can work the other way. If you have gazillions of miles of experience, that can be dangerous too. I've seen folks who have experience that's, you know, and I think about that with myself. I'm getting to that point where I'm old enough that I have a ton of experience. I don't know if you'd want me just for experience because I'm going to do things in COBOL. You know, like if I have certification that shows you that I'm staying current, that I, I know and I'm, and I'm actively searching 
being uh, the most current in those things. And in that case, for someone with a lot of experience, certification can help round out that picture. It can so show you that, oh, I just pursued a badge that just got created on social networking, you know, because I think that, so, you know, someone who looks at me and goes, this guy's a little long in the tooth. Oh, but he's still studying new things. He just got a, you know, he's, he's pursuing graduate work. Okay, cool. He's interested. Uh, so I think it's definitely a balance with all of those pieces together. Well put. Diversity. Do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Dig That's into every great. bit. So what advice would you give to other people that are either starting out their training career or they've been trainers for a little while, they're trying to get to that next level? What What do you tell people that are new and are coming to the teaching, the pedagogical industry? I love the fancy word, pedagogy. Um, <laughs> I... I would say, and you know, I think, I think the, the the recommendation or tip that I would give for training may reflect the background I have in IT because I think it works for both. I, get involved in a community, communities in in IT or communities in training or communities are the are the place to substitute experience. I did. We, you and I run into each other at conferences and stuff and. One of the the last conferences wasn't sits. I, one of the conferences I did is um, that um, community work is is experience you can earn in your pajamas, because if you get onto some of these online communities and you read the questions and get involved, people get to know you. I, there are people that I've you know I, I work with um, a, a really fantastic guy, Ermal Anaj. He's he works he's active in Reddit. He's uh, he's a training and rise up evangelist. He talks a lot about, but he's known in the industry. But he's known in the industry because he's on Reddit. He's in the community, and he teaches classes, and people know the classes. But he's known by a ten times wider audience than the students that he's taught because he answers questions in the community, and people have seen his name. So whether you're delivering training or you're involved in IT or whether you're pursuing IT careers in any field. Pick that area and find the online community, get involved, read questions. You don't have to answer them. Just read them and comment and like. Eventually, people will get to know, and eventually, you'll start learning how to answer them. So that would be my, my first off. Yeah, that's great. If you want to be a part of a community, be a part of the community. Yeah, right? that really is key. So Sean McLean, where can people connect with you and learn more? Oh, I love this. Um, I, you know, and it's funny because when I watched the other podcasts, I would hear people and they'd be like, I have this and I have that. And I'm like, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Sean, as Sean P. McLean. I write articles in the medium. I have a couple of things on YouTube, but usually I just connect them. I'm not like public on YouTube or anything like that. So LinkedIn's probably the best place. Um, medium is another place. I post a lot of articles about teaching, training, IT, uh, career kind of stuff. And, um, and this one I would throw out there on any of those communities. If you're interested or you have feedback, tell me Angel. what I could do to do more. of. Like if you read stuff in the medium or you read stuff in LinkedIn, do me a favor, comment, tell me what it is you'd like to see me do more of so that I can start getting out either into that form of media or that I can do more in LinkedIn or media or medium or either that is useful and beneficial. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Provide that feedback. We're all looking to improve. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Thanks for being here. Oh, sir. It's such a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing this and the next one and the next one. So 
<laughs> and same to our audience. Thanks for listening to this episode. We've got the next one and the next one and the next one. They're all coming. We built a new website at ticketvolume.com where you can subscribe. You can also see the new live episodes that we're putting out. Uh, there will be one in April. April 14th, we're going to be talking about service desk leadership, service and support leadership with Tony North um, from Kings County. It'd be a great episode. Make sure you tune in. And you can submit topics. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you've got a podcast that you want us to create, just ask because we're here to serve. That's what we like to do. And you're actually, you know, making my job a lot easier. <laughs> and speaking of making my job easier, leave a review for the podcast because that will make our job easier through the algorithms, rewarding us for your interactions. This podcast is brought to you by Invigate, the all-in-one IT service and asset management solution to help world-class organizations build world-class IT support teams. If you're looking for a solution to help build your help desk or service desk without the headache of year-long implementations, you will love Invigate. In fact, IT teams from Toyota, McDonald's, and NASA all use Invigate to manage IT operations and IT inventory data to automate workflows and centralize data so that they can focus on delivering great service. Because good service is good business. We'll